Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 226 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm very happy with my new glasses that I just got. You do have new glasses? Yeah. Someone said I was being very sassy this morning, and they're like, I think it's the glasses. I was like, that checks out. It's possible. It is possible. But yeah, there are wider frames than I had before, so I feel like I'm not always staring at the frame of my glasses. Oh, oh. that's what I did when I got my new ones. Yeah, right? the wider ones make a huge difference. Yeah, I when I first, the other pair I got, I didn't really ever think about it because it was my first pair of glasses that I ever wore. So I was like, oh, this is just what glasses are. And then when I did the Warby Parker try-on stuff, again, not an ad, they just rule. Um, I was like, oh, oh, wow, this is much better. My like my area of sight that I have, much greater. So. We should totally see if Warby Parker wants to be. We all wear glasses. It's in our logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That should be a thing. What's well, so I was joking, I actually, like, the same thing with, like, our friends, the Reading Glasses podcast. Same thing. They they both wear glasses. They Warby Parker should just sponsor all glasses-related They podcasts. should. They should. That would be great. Yeah. They probably won't want to give us money since for the past two weeks I've <laughs> given them free advertising. Probably not. That's okay. I'll still reach out. It's worth it. Anyway, um... Today's episode is an interview I did, when did I do this? At PLA in Philadelphia with Wendy Mass and Rebecca Stead. Uh, they are two wildly popular middle grade authors, and they wrote a book together called Bob. And they, they talk all about Bob, um, but the really fun thing about them is they they met like 10 years ago at a writing retreat, and they talk about this in, in more depth, but like they just became friends and so like over 10 years they casually were like we should write a book together and then nothing ever really happened um and then they eventually did because one of them wrote the other basically like a first chapter it was like we're doing this um so it's fun to hear it. one of them is a very kind of slow and methodical writer and the other one writes very quickly so it's really fun to hear them discuss their writing process and mm-hmm. how they figured out how to do this uh, i had a whole list of questions for them and didn't ask any of them because we were just it was a really fun conversation. So I think people will enjoy this. And the, the book they wrote is very whimsical, which I know I say a lot, but it's real it's a very unique story. So I think readers of all ages will enjoy it. Uh, if people want to get a hold of us, how can they do that? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. You can visit our website, professionalbooknerds.com, and email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Yes, you can. Um is there anything else you think people should know about? Our big library read voting ended, so we don't have to go and vote for that anymore. I think that's everything. I think that's everything, too. Um, okay, cool. Well, I won't keep you guys in this intro any longer then. I hope you guys really enjoy this conversation I had with Wendy Moss and Rebecca Stead on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. <laughs>
Hi everyone, it's Adam again, and today I am joined by Rebecca Stead and Wendy Mass, who are both award-winning New York Times best-selling authors who are well-known for their captivating and magical stories for young readers, and now they've collaborated on a truly unique middle-grade book coming out this May titled simply Bob. So Wendy, Rebecca, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So we normally do one-on-one, so we're just going to kind of ping-pong stuff all around, but would one of you or both of you like to kind of give us an introduction to Bob? Bob. Bob, um, and it's funny because after working on it for seven years, you'd think we would have come up with a title, you know, other than Bob. (laughs) But Bob was the one that we all just kept returning back to. So Bob it is. So Bob is about a ten and a half year old girl named Libby who goes to visit her grandmother in Australia where she hasn't been for five years. Mm -hmm. And she gets to the house and realizes that she doesn't remember a lot of things, which is normal because she was you know, five when she was there the last time. But she starts to feel like she forgot something really important. And as she gets um, further into the house and closer to the bedroom where she stayed, which was her mom's old bedroom, she, um, that, that feeling grows. So she's making her way through the room and, and to the closet, and she opens the closet door and realizes that she has left something very important behind in the form of Bob. Would you like to share who... Um, Yes, so when she opens the door, what she sees is um, a sort of mysterious green creature Mm -hmm. wearing a very tattered chicken suit. So good. (laughs) (laughs) This, I have to say, was the image that just sort of kept me going throughout yes. the writing I process. I would have to Bob the in image his of chicken Bob. suit. <laughs> yes, whenever I lost motivation, Wendy would say, but what about Bob in his suit? You we can't, can't leave him, him there. in there. <laughs> Bob? Um, so the, Which is one of the titles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And the editor was like, that's taken. <laughs> they could have Bill Murray in a chicken suit in that one. Exactly. Wouldn't you like to see Bill Murray in a chicken oh, suit? I would. So the, then the, the story kind of naturally unfolds from mm-hmm. there. Um, Livy doesn't know what Bob is, uh-huh. and Bob does not know what Bob is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a he, He's a mystery to himself. Um, and so she has actually made him a promise as a five-year-old. The last time she was at her grand's house, um, she promised to help him figure out where he's from yeah. and to help him get home. And so that is the the story. I love that you said this story unfolds naturally as if this is the most natural thing that could happen. <laughs> yes, well, obviously. Doesn't this happen every day? <laughs> obviously, everyone normally comes across a mysterious thing and a chicken suit. Yeah. Um, okay, I know you guys have probably been asked this question to death, but it's fascinating to me getting to talk to two people who both have experiences individual as writers working together. What, what, I have like a million questions about this, so I'll just, I'll just start off with like, what, how did the experience start where you two decided, hey, you know how we're both really good at this singular thing, why don't we try to do it together? It started with the most fun part, which is the conversation where you say to someone you really admire, hey, what if we wrote a book together? Um, and yeah, it was just downhill from there, don't you think, Wendy? <laughs> that was the high point? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was, um, later. Yes. So we were, I mean, it was in 2010, in fact, that we um, took a walk. We're at a poetry workshop together in New Jersey, sort of tramping around. And, you know, we really admired each other's work. Mm-hmm. And writing is lonely. And there is sort of this attraction that I think a lot of people feel um, to the idea that you could work with somebody else and that it would be, right. you know, fun and great. And that 
is, and I think we knew from early on that what we sort of wanted to do was pass the story back and forth. Right. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like that fantasy you have as a writer I think which is that you know you'll you'll finish chapter four and go to bed and then in the morning someone else will have written chapter five except in our that world never the happens. morning was eight months later right, right. so like there would be months that would pass in between yeah. one of us handing the other person a chapter and that would not be our intention yeah. but life and other books would get in the way Yes. Okay. So it was a slow, it was a slow a process, slow but we sort of had a pact um, right. at the beginning that we would always be kind to each other, <laughs> that, you know, we weren't going to try to um, get a contract before the book was uh-huh. uh, fully drafted. Right. Um, and in this way, we would sort of have it be a secret project, no deadlines, so no stress, because right? we were both we writing under contract all this time, right. other books, and, you know, raising kids and moving and having all kinds of, you know, the regular life things happening. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's an incredible way of doing it, because, I mean, in all reality, like, I have to imagine as two successful, incredibly talented, award-winning authors... You could probably have gone with just an idea to a publisher and be like, hey, hi, you know, you know us. And they would have been like, yes, give that to us immediately. So I think that was, a, that was probably the right way to do it. It's just be like, let's get it down on paper first. I think that it was Rebecca, it was her strength in and determination to not do that that kept us from not doing that. Because I probably would have done it earlier just to get a deadline mm-hmm. because I felt like without that we could go another seven years yeah but um but somehow we just eventually made our way close enough to the ending where we felt confident being able to set you know closer deadlines to finish it I think mm-hmm. yes. with each other yeah in terms we of motivation ready. I would say we were a good team and that if one person flagged you know after a while there was some cheerleading yeah. You were sort of lead, lead cheerleader for a while, and I was I was lead cheerleader for a, a period, and you know. Yeah. So so in writing the story, though, is it to me what I think of when I see two authors writing together? It, it, to me, it almost feels like sketch comedy in the sense of like, if someone passes you oh, okay. something, you kind of have to yes and it. Like, yes. I'm, because I'm curious. Because to me, I was writing something back and forth with like my brother, who I'm very close with, and is also a great writer. Like, if I sent him something and he was like, nope, like, that's where the story dies. Like, did you, was there ever, were there ever parts where you would get a story or aspect of the story and be like, um, I don't think that works. Like, I, how do you, you know, it's, deal with that? It's kind that? of amazing to think about that, that it, that never happened. No. We never stopped and said, I don't like the direction that yeah. this is going. It was really, you're right, it did have an improv sense to it because... I mean, there was one specific time where it was about two-thirds of the way, maybe three-quarters, and, and I could see where, how, you know, we would get to the end. Mm-hmm. And um, when I got Rebecca's chapter back, she had totally zigged when I thought she would zag or zag and introduced this, this new plot twist that I did not see coming, and I don't want to say what it was, but mm-hmm. I was like, are you sure? And she's like let's just give it a try. So I'm like, okay. And then it brought us totally towards the end in a way that I never would have seen. And it, it just tied these these threads together that I didn't really even notice were there. It's hard to explain, but it just, it seemed to, do you know which part I'm talking about? Yes, With Danny? Okay. I do know. So where <laughs> I'm getting a lot of credit, so I feel happy. I was going to say, I was going to say, we're quietly just nodding. Like, I yeah, just I did everything do. she writes. I was like, I did do a great thing. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to interrupt. I was like, really? But so did you have an overall, other than, you know, helping Bob 
find out where he's from. Did you have an overall story arc, or was it literally like, okay, here's my next chapter? That's like I. So this fascinates we didn't, me. We didn't have a story arc, but I would say that we had themes that we talked about. Um, one thing that I knew early on that I wanted to talk about, and which I, I mean, it wasn't like we weren't allowed to talk. You uh-huh. know, we didn't have crazy <laughs> rules. Um, well, there were some rules, <laughs> but we we I wasn't we allowed were to allowed. plot as much. No, as don't Wendy talk wasn't about allowed to plot. <laughs> but I, I, um, I really did like this the idea of um, a ten year old revisiting um, a, a friendship mm-hmm. that she you know had left at five because just because of the sort of changes that often happen Mm -hmm. between five and ten and sometimes in the growing up and ten is sort of I'm not a big fan of the word tween Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it does represent something there's this kind of aspirational stuff that sets in sometimes at that age where you want to be older and look older and be done with childish things Mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted I knew that one thing that I wanted to explore in the story was this idea that um, Livy could sort of get in touch with the power that she felt when she was five. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like that, that, I'm sure you've heard this before, that if you ask a room full of five-year-olds who here is an artist, they all raise their hands. And if you ask a room of ten-year-olds, you know, really only one or two people will raise their hands because by then they think they know, like, yeah. I'm not good at that, or yes, that is my thing. But um, I sort of like the idea. And so Bob calls, sometimes talks about the old Libby. Mm-hmm. First off, I have to say, like, no one else can see this, obviously, because it's a podcast, but watching you two talk to each other <laughs> about this, I love it. I, well, this is really, like, the first time that we've done this. So when you say, asked a question, you know, millions of times, we really haven't. I mean, this is our first event together. Okay. So well, then we're happy to be doing it with I'll you. I'll take credit for these totally original <laughs> questions. Um, so you both... I, I know that the the book goes back and forth from points of view between Libby and Bob. Yeah. You both took specific points of view, correct? Okay, so who who did what? So I wrote chapter one, mm-hmm. which is from Libby's point of view. And we, as we have said, I threw a zombie at Wendy. because she. <laughs> so Libby opens the door, and there's mm-hmm. this creature in a chicken suit. And right, take and she, it away, Wendy. And, so she and she did. Yeah. And she's just like, I still have the email that went with it that said, you know, I wrote this on a plane coming back from Australia. Right. Not sure what it is. You right. know, we're not sure if this is something. And I just was like, Rebecca wrote a chapter. I'm taking it. Yes. <laughs> Whatever it is. Let's I'm do it. making it work. She's completely positive. Like, yep, tried for so many it. years to kind of come up with something. Um, right. And we weren't sure what that would be yet until. So, that, so then you would do every Bob chapter. I did every Bob chapter. So. Were there ever times where one of you were like, I wish I could write Bob. Like, I really wish I could. Like, I know that they're both in the chapters, obviously. But this That's the thing. Really we good, really yeah. did get to, yeah, so I didn't get to write inside Bob's head. And Wendy didn't get to write inside Libby's head. But, but we, we did do really dialogue. both so. got to do mm-hmm. action and dialogue. And you can, I mean, really, that mm-hmm. is supposed to be where a lot of the action is. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of the development, character development is. And I think that, so I think that we both feel like we got to inhabit. I both. do too. I mean, there was a few times at, in the revision stage where we'd have right. to fight for a, a small change or a tweak in someone else's chapter mm-hmm. because we knew our characters better. We were like, I don't think she would say it quite that way. Or right. I had a little snarky comment that Libby was saying in Bob's chapter and Rebecca's like, I don't think she would say that. And I had to just tweak it till we both felt like it worked. Yeah. 
Right. Um, yeah. That was actually going to be one of my questions, just from a revision standpoint, because I, I love the idea of, like anyone can write a story, but it, it, it defines someone as an author's that second round with those revisions and actually shaping it and creating a story that makes sense as opposed to like my nonsensical things that I write. So when well, you from, have to revise. Well, exactly. Which is why I'm too lazy about that part. But from a revision standpoint, were you mostly revising like the chapter that you wrote, or I guess that's did you go back kind of with hindsight together through the whole story? Uh, I would say, I would, so we, we had, um, I think we both revised our chapters a bit as we went. So we like, because I know that we were sending each other notes, like I did a little cleanup on this. And so there was a little bit, and and we weren't revising each each other's chapters, Mm -hmm. but we, um, we went after, um, we had editorial notes. Mm -hmm. We went away for a few days together and there we really had this crazy schedule (laughs) where we would you know we sort of broke the book into chunks and we sort of went at it chunk by chunk on both sides and read everything sort of talked through how we saw the changes Went to our corners, worked yes. on our chapters, exchanged. I mean, we needed to revisions, because it was commented like this, on each other process, and I could never yes. keep up with it. And so I I'd know. say to, I'd go to Rebecca like, "Well, what are we doing? Is this? <laughs> am I? Is this the one where I edit your chapter and then yes. we put this together?" And you'd be like, "Why can't you remember this?" I'm like, I, had, I wrote it all out. It was so complicated, so but it was complicated. <laughs> Because um, really it was the first time that we were kind of allowed to go into each other's chapters. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that and so is that where we, like, atta- like I don't think he would, like, I don't know why he seems sad in this scene. I don't right. think he feels sad. Or I would say she seems like, again, what Wendy was explaining before, like that there was a scene where kind Libby like seemed snarky. a little snarky. Yeah. And I thought, well, why is, why is she snarky? And so, you know, yeah, we, I would explained. say we deferred to each other a bit, you know, but mostly didn't have to. It was, was tiny. It's an important part to really string everything together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and also a way to really like, um, um, I don't know, sort through the finer points yeah. of the magic and stuff. Because we did have, um, we did have a few ex- ideas that in the end we took out yes. so together. Okay. So you guys mentioned yeah. how you're, you're at a, a poetry workshop together when this idea kind of germinated. Yes. Um, came to life. The idea of writing together, anyway. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, not not Bob as a idea, but did you guys know each other? Like, did you have a friendship before that? Because this feels to me like something. You know, like, I have friends that I know I could do this with, sort of, and then I have friends that I decidedly know I could not do this with. So, I'm, I, it, I feel like it takes a unique partnership to be able to do this type of thing and not be like. I can't believe she did that in chapter seven and like not get at each other's because like you t- I'm sure there were times when you were frustrated like seeing you two interact together it literally looks like like two sisters or best friends just like <laughs> that is very talking. so nice I think it was probably the ideal level of friendship because mm-hmm. we were friendly yeah. I mean when we first met we had each had you know a few books out and we just sort of fangirled each other and <laughs> yeah, we um, actually read each other's and, books and before we met yeah, amazing. just so that's kind of a cool way to meet someone. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So that was, and I think we just we had a nice immediate bond when we first met, but then we didn't see each other for, you know, a year or two and then we were at another conference and and so even when we did Bob, I mean, 
we brainstormed once or twice in person over those years. So uh -huh. we're getting to know each other a lot better now. But if we were, if we had been really close friends, I think it would have been harder. I don't think I would have done resentful. it, actually. You know, if time passed, instead of yes. being more careful with each other. Right. And wanting to protect the new friendship. So it was yes. I completely that agree, though we've never articulated that before. And it helps that, like, we sort of look alike. We're the exact same age. We're like, yeah. although I, I thought you were, like, her. six months younger, and it turns out she's six months older, and now I'm, like, resentful of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, it's, like, very, like, simpatico. Like, literally, you saying, like, now we're getting to know each other better. I'm sitting here, and I almost feel like I'm intruding on, like, a private conversation. Because you two seem we're getting to, like, to know each other better through this conversation. It seems to me like you guys have this special this thing that like I, is this something you guys want to do? I know you have your own books to write, but is this something you'd want to continue doing? Should I not bring that up? Is that a bad question? I, don't, I mean, it took seven years. So <laughs> in the next seven years, like hate, yeah, my kids will be in college. That. Like life, will, who knows? Yeah. Okay. We're so all right, better question then, and I won't ask that. <laughs> Did you? Because I know there are a lot of other authors you done this did you like reach out to anyone about like hey we're gonna write with another person like oh you mean for you mean advice? think just about like, another like advice person? like no not just more oh. so like advice like hey you know author x like hey david levithan you've done this before. i did talk to david okay that was As a random I. Yeah. <laughs> we both know and david I think we knew okay. that we were both talking to david that's yeah. So, yeah and he was not telling us like oh yeah i spoke to rebecca about that yeah that's so funny the other is ever he was on the he's on the show on several months ago. Oh, really? Yes, so David is sort of the great collaborator, and I don't know if his editorial role helps him to, or he's also just so enormously talented and yeah. prolific as a writer, it's you know, it's kind of... Mm -hmm. Not you fair. know, I wish him totally well. Well, but. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> almost like too much. Plus, but... he has his, like, job at doing actually publishing and stuff, too. And I asked him, I was like, when do you sleep? He's like, I don't. He a lot sleep. of people ask him that. And um, he also does a tremendous amount of other stuff. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, yeah, I spoke to him. And, you know, he's he was just hugely encouraging, basically, to me. And um, I... I was asking him questions mm -hmm. um, about how he did it. Um, and I think, I'm not sure if it was a little different for him. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but different people. But um, he did, sh he was very open. He shared his, mm -hmm. his process and it was encouraging to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've worked with David for a lot of years on, as my editor at Scholastic. Mm -hmm. So we had that sort of rapport already, which was really nice. And one thing that he you know, kept stressing was to make sure that your chapter remains your chapter mm -hmm. or your person. And I would have been a little bit like, I'm hearing you, but I don't know that we need to do that. Right. You know? And then Rebecca was like, I'm hearing you and we need to do that. So she really helped maintain that where I would have been like, oh, well, that worked for you, but you know, <laughs> so I need yeah. to get in there and edit. It does sound yeah. like you guys have a good like yin and yang situation. Like, as yeah. It. So. yeah, the truth is we're very different in our process. Yeah. Um, and so that is probably something we couldn't I mean we didn't really know when we started out what we knew was that we we really enjoyed each other's mm -hmm. we enjoyed each other in person and we enjoyed sort of the sensibility I would say of, of our of each other's books mm -hmm. and so there's a sort of sense of like okay well this is where you got this is where you arrived yeah. in your story uh -huh. and I, I I love it and I you know I I really I'm so happy when I'm reading Wendy's books and I and so as we discovered we get there in quite different ways <laughs> I mean and I had no idea how long it took Rebecca to write a book like seriously I write 
I mean, I write a lot of books, but they're, and maybe too many books, but they, you know, I could write a book in three months if I need to, and it's more like three years for Rebecca. Yeah. And then, like, I was reading Goodbye Stranger this morning, <laughs> because I just keep going back to it because it's so brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is what it's like when, when an author crafts something so lovingly mm -hmm. and then I'm like I'm never writing again when I read Rebecca's oh, books. Yeah. Stop. So, you, know, that. you know what I mean. Yeah. This is so, what it's like it's when you write the same book year after year. Yeah. Oh but I mean I think that there's a spectrum and you know and it's who's to say what's healthy I do not know I don't the think answer. There is an answer. <laughs> but there was one point where like during the writing of Bob where Rebecca would say I, I cannot get to it. It's going to be like three or four months. I can't yeah. do this right now. And I would just have to say, you know, okay, I totally get that. And, you know, I'd hang up the phone. And the next morning, there was a chapter in my email. And she said, you know what? I changed my mind and I wrote it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a very oh emotional God, writer. This <laughs> is my deep, deep secret. I yeah, I am a very, I'm an emotional writer. So if I feel close to writing, mm -hmm. it just feels impossible. Yeah. But then we probably, you probably said something that sparked something in my brain and I hung up and I just, and I probably sat down and wrote, wrote the chapter. I was so grateful. Oh, yeah. I, this is, okay, so other than each other's books, I'll let you guys gush about some other people now. If you're like, what are some of the, maybe children's adult, what are some of the books that you guys enjoy reading when you're not reading each other's stories? Um, well, on the adult side, I'm a huge short story yeah. reader, mm -hmm. so I love, um, for instance, I could read Alice Munro mm -hmm. forever. Um, I am um, a big reader, like I love, this always happens to me. I am such a big reader, I and then feel, I freeze I I when so it comes bad. to naming right. books, but um, I really love um, a lot of writers like um, Jennifer Egan or Ann Patchett. I love those kind of um, really thoughtful sort of psychological yeah. novels. Um, and I'm going to let you talk now, Wendy, while I think of more. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big um, audiobook person. Yes. And so sometimes oh, the things that you would read are different than what you would choose to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, like, I don't really read a lot of sort of psychological thrillers and mm -hmm. then I listen to Gone Girl I'm like that's why people read these books mm -hmm. you know because they're just that whole edge of your seat page turning or page listening to thing is, is so much fun yeah um, so I, I read if I'm reading I read a lot of nonfiction. Okay. mostly things that I hope to draw um in sort of more like research but not mm -hmm. research so books on like physics or just mm. like I love reading books on like the periodic table and yeah. how the elements came to be and, things that can kind of like shape your like not so much shape your story but shape like the background like the yeah. those like tangential aspects <laughs> of books that exactly so like you might read a whole book and then like slip one little nugget uh -huh. in some place so that or like I love reading um like funny science fiction, like mm -hmm. John Scalzi's books, yeah. I'm just a huge fan He's of. Amazing. And um, I love this writer named Rob Dirks, who writes hilarious um, science fiction. Um, one's called Where the Hell Is Tesla, uh -huh. and another one called The Wrong Unit. And they're brilliant. He narrates them himself. He has like a studio in his house, and he narrates. Um, his own audiobooks. So he's going to be reading the part of Bob in the book That's when fantastic. it comes out on audio. So I'm really, really excited about that. 
I'll, I'll also just mention that on the kids' side, I'm really loving um, graphic memoirs right now. Yes. And I just read um, Vera Brosgard's um, Be Prepared, mm-hmm. which I love very much. Um, and I loved um, The Stars Beneath Our Feet by David Barclay Moore and have been trying... Oh, and I'm, I'm actually right in the middle of the latest Newberry winner, mm-hmm. um, Hello Universe by Aaron and Trotta Kelly. I think Sorry. I love graphic novels. I both I listen to audiobooks all the time. I'm a mm-hmm. distance runner, and I have two very active dogs that always need to be on the move. So I listen to so many audiobooks, and I find so many books that I wouldn't have read just because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh well, I remember that narrator. She was amazing. I'm gonna listen oh, to yes. her literally read the phone book to me. I would do anything. <laughs> That's how I feel. And then so I definitely know. And then I get on like I'll be like, oh, young adult fantasy. I'm gonna listen to 15 of those in a row. And I get these like, but then I love using. Um, graphic memoirs and graphic novels for young reluctant readers I feel like it's such a wonderful way to show like a young say nine-year-old boy who doesn't want to read show them these pictures of these incredible characters it's like no this is who you're reading about and it kind of gets them hooked I feel like it's such a perfect way and I also love as a doll I can kind of get through them really quickly and feel that sense of accomplishment yeah and I think the visual element can really add Mm -hmm. so much just like you were saying what a narrator can add I feel like for me and I'm a huge reader Mm -hmm. but graphic novels like I don't need them to introduce me to reading but I I there's something I get from them the they're you know, when it's done beautifully, there's a kind of emotion, mm-hmm. you know, in the illustration, which for me really informs the story yeah. in a way that is incredibly special. There's this graphic novel, um, Thornhill, I think it's by Pam Smy, I think it's her last name. I might be getting that wrong. Like, no, right? I don't know okay. okay, so it's a graphic novel about a, uh, like, a, like an orphanage, basically, or like a, a, a home for, for young girls who don't have parents. And they on one every other chapter is these journal entries by this girl who's there and feels like the place is haunted and she's having a horrible experience and then the other chapters in between those are entirely graphic there's no words and it's 30 years later of a person uncovering this journal and these stories and you get these journal entries it's 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 very creepy it's very sad i will tell you that but it's incredible it's you get these little journal entries that give you snippets of this life and then you all you get at the present time is these pictures. And wow. the author both drew and wrote it and I hate that those types of people. Like how dare they be that good at both things? But oh, it's wow, really, I really wish good. I could draw. I know. I, I actually just before I was talking with you guys, I was speaking with an illustrator who has her debut children's book coming out. Oh. And it's one of those things where I look at her pictures and I'm like, No, you should be good at one of these two things. So <laughs> it's not fair that you'd be good at both things. Yeah. Okay, so towards the end of our podcast, we like to ask nine questions that we call the Nerd Nine, because I like alliteration. Um, <laughs> they never end up being rapid fire, which we used to say they were, and then our listeners would write in like please stop using rapid fire because they're not because you get on tangent. So, but they're lighthearted. Um, so okay. the first one is, do you, what's the last book you guys finished reading? And I will let you ping pong back and forth. The last book I finished reading was... I will also allow... I know what reading. it is. Okay, okay. I was just searching <laughs> because I have to search my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it was All Summer Long by Hope Larson. It's actually a graphic novel, um, and I finished it last night in my hotel room. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely, really lovely, about friendship and growing up. You can also do currently reading. I'm currently reading... Um, 
want to mess up the name. <laughs> she wrote Prodigy, um, Marie Lou. Oh, Marie Lou, yeah. Marie oh, new book. Warcross um, or the Warcross. Batman? Warcross. I, I'll read anything that has to do with virtual reality. Yes. I'm a huge virtual reality geek. Um, I have another. Or nerd, I have a, shall we say? I have a recommendation for you. Otherworld. I have Otherworld. Okay. That's the. Um, Jason Segel yeah, and, and Kirsten. Yeah. Yes, I have that one. Really that is really on deck. And actually, I started it. I got to the point where um, he's sort of in a cave, and then like the other person shows up, mm-hmm. who's sort of like I, I think his nemesis type of thing. Like, how did you find me here? I will not reveal. Um, okay. <laughs> but then I sort of was grabbed by this one. I, that was my. That was what started my rabbit hole of all of the like why fantasy and sci-fi stuff that oh, I read. Funny. I read flick past stuff. Very good. Okay, this is why these. This is why these are not. Not rapid not fire. Rapid no, no, um, I have to agree. Do you have a favorite place to read? Bed. <laughs> Bathtub. <laughs> you and me both. But in a bathing suit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not naked. What, what um, do you remember? Cut that out. I can do that. I'll cut it out. Um, do you remember the book that made you fall in love with reading when you were a, a child, or even older than that? There wasn't one for me. Um, there were many. I mean, I loved so many books as a kid, but Judy Bloom, I loved Ray Bradbury. Mm-hmm. I loved um, the Little House books. I loved the James Harriet yeah. books about being a vet. Um, I... Those are good. Those are good. Those are good. I loved um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That was the book that turned me into a reader. Um, and when my librarian gave me the rest of the series, uh-huh. like, it's a series. Because back then, not every book was a series. And, uh, yeah, and they so all I, are. <laughs> so many. So, which is great, of course. But mm-hmm. back then, it was a surprise. So did you read Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe before the magician's nephew? I read it in the way that C.S. Lewis intended it to be read, okay. <laughs> the way he wrote them. Um, I am not a believer in their reordered um, Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. But, right. I um, feel like I just hit it there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, so those Edward Eager's books, mm-hmm. oh, yes, fantasy series, um, was big with me. And Judy Bloom and Paul Danziger were big, fellow Jersey girls. Yes. And then... Um, this book that I read in seventh grade, and I can't wait to give it to my own daughter one more year till seventh grade, was called Allegra Maud Goldman okay. by Edith Conaghy. She's a New York writer, um, brilliant literary writer, and she wrote this just sort of one-off. She only wrote one YA book, mm-hmm. and it was um, just about this young girl who wanted to be a writer, mm-hmm. and it was really the first time that I saw that. That and Harriet the Spy yeah. were the ones where like, oh, there's yes. a girl who wanted to keep, you know, wanted That's to awesome. write and take it seriously, and, and so... Like. So I have all these copies of it. That's amazing. Okay, what's one place that you'd like to travel that you have not yet been to? Asia. Greece. Well, see, good job. One more answer. <laughs> uh, favorite, do you have a favorite holiday to celebrate? What is my favorite holiday? <laughs> yeah, see, those are I questions. I don't mind, but I'm going to keep that. it with Rebecca and then Wendy. <laughs> I, maybe Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I, that's usually what I go with because it's really fun you see people but it's all about food mm-hmm. and there's not the pressure yeah. of you know gifts and yes. yeah, <laughs> basically yeah I mean I guess Thanksgiving is lovely but Halloween would have to be oh yeah uh, absolutely uh, coffee or tea coffee tea 
you have tea in front of you right now? Or is that, I was going to laugh at that's coffee. Actually. Is that coffee? It's, it is coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because um, there's Starbucks. I didn't mean to yeah. call you that. I was just laughing. I was like, oh, I wonder if that is. Um, cats or dogs? one or the other. Both. Ooh. I was always a cat person, but then last year we got a dog. So now I have to say both as well. Wow. Very down, down the middle. You see um, Favorite food? <laughs> So many foods. I know. Wait till you hear the next question. You're going to hate that anymore. <laughs> Does Nutella count as a food? Oh, 100% <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? The spoon. And I'll go with that, yes. And cold, like from the fridge with a spoon. <gasps> wow. Ooh. I need a good answer like that. I think mine might be blueberries. Blueberries are wonderful. You know what Ooh, you could do? Yum. You can take some Nutella and toast no. and put blueberries okay, on it. No. Okay, I do not like chocolate with fruit. <laughs> Write that Nutella's down. Nutella's not really chocolate, though. I love that we went a half it's hour without getting contentious, and then we get to food and holidays, and we're all snippy at each other. Can I change my off- answer to yeah. that coffee? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I don't really drink too much of either. This is amazing. Um, I love that I can see the internal struggle. Okay, the last one of these. If you could have dinner with one person alive or dead, who would you choose? Oh, my. Yeah, this is the one that I, every time I've said this, everyone just stares at me. Oh, I have an easy answer. Mine's Jim Henson. I Really? I know. Sorry. <laughs> We've heard lot, uh, Michelle Obama has said most often. More often than Barack, which I think is fantastic. Um, I've heard a lot of Shakespeare's. Uh, Alan Cummings said Donald Trump, which is, pretty, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, I'm just trying to stall for you. I'm going to... I know. I appreciate the stall. Mm-hmm. Um, I am... This is one of those answers that could change at any time. But right now, I would say Zora Neale Hurston. That's a good one. I wrote my senior thesis about Their Eyes Were Watching God. Oh, that's a book. A wonderful book. I would say um, Carl Sagan. Ooh, that's a good one, too. I've always loved him. And that's perfect for you. You both passed the test. I tried to sneak into a lecture he was giving once at Cornell. (laughs) <laughs> they said no. No, I mean, I didn't get as far as, like, really trying to open the door and get in. I just sort of paced back and forth, knowing he was in there lecturing. Aww. And I just didn't get up the nerve to do it. But oh, I, I wish you had, one of my books I wish you had opened the door. I know. What's the quote? Um, if, you, if you want to create the universe, you must first build an... No. To first create the universe, you must first... Ah, I'll get Sorry. it. Sorry. Tell me about apple pie. And then I based pie in the sky on it. Let me uh, remember it. Let's look it up. Yeah, okay. Do that. To build an apple pie from scratch, you must first create the universe. That's oh, it. that's, that's it. I love that. Okay. I have one more question for you guys, even though I feel like I could keep talking to you for hours. Um, what do you hope readers take away from reading Bob? For me, the message is... That we all have power. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like such a nice mic drop. Bring us home. It on. Um, yeah, that definitely. Um, <laughs> now we're getting loopy. I love it. Yes, and of course the, the power of, of friendship and mm-hmm. of friends that you um, might not think you have anything in common with and what you can sort of give to each other 
and um, that maybe you know balancing strengths and weaknesses and things like that and just a it's a I feel like it's a real hopefully it's a real book lover's book Mm -hmm. like it's the kind of book that I would have wanted to read when I was that kid reading under the covers Um, so I think I I hope that's where it goes I mean there's a there's a book theme through it a mysterious book that they can't find that um, it sort of runs through the book and I don't know I feel like maybe that's a point that we don't think about as much but that maybe the reader will come away with Mm -hmm. What did that symbolize a little bit more? That's interesting. Well, listen, I know you two are both very busy, but if you guys ever started a podcast, I would listen to everyone. Because <laughs> hearing you guys talk is fantastic. Rebecca, Wendy, thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you, you so much. This was really, really fun. Thank you. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.